0: I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. So you think having a 37 year old in Cincinnati? And the only thing else I got to say is, How about them cowboys? Yeah! Igadala to Curry, back to Igadala, up to the layup, all blocked by James. Podcast Money Edition, little uh,
1: sabbatical with all the weather going on across the United States, but we're back, ready to chat some sports, some crazy trades over the last few weeks our boy Carson Wentz finally got a new starting job and um, it's going to be interesting to see if Jalen Hurts is a starter in Philadelphia or if they draft someone in the top six but how's your Monday morning going man?
0: It's great it's wonderful Um, you know super grateful with everything that's going on in America so just praying for those that you know experienced uh, a difficult last week so um, yeah I mean I definitely think talking quarterbacks today is going to be a blast Uh, we'll touch on kind of the obviously the Carson ones trade and then talk about some of the other situations around the NFL. Um, So I feel like there's going to be kind of a lot of movement with guys that were starting last year and will be in, uh, in different cities, different States. And so let's start with Carson dust. I mean, we've, we've been talking about him quite a bit and it's just simply because you don't really see guys of his talent, you know, become available. And, you know, I think what, what surprised me the most was what they got for him. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's really impressive to see Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, pull off this trade for getting, you know, getting a guy that was an MVP candidate three years ago. And I know a lot of people are like, ah, oh, people keep harping on that one season. Um, but there's no doubt. I mean, you sent me an amazing clip of Doug Peterson in 2017, which was the year that Carson uh, was having the MVP season before he tore his ACL he was, I can't remember the other coach, the opposing coach he was talking to. If you remember, does chime in, but, um, he just, the guy was basically saying how Carson was just an incredible talent.
1: I think it was Sean Payton. I think it was like a game with the saints back in the day where it was him and Sean Payton. Um, and Doug was like, Hey, hopefully we don't mess it up. And, um, you did You messed it up. Yeah.
0: Bro. So, I mean, obviously people know that Carson's an incredible talent and so, when I saw this trade, like I, you actually it, it broke it to me, um, and I was like, "Wait, what was the compensation?" Like I'm not sure yet; it hasn't been released. And then we found out what it was, and I'm like, "That's unbelievable!" Like getting a franchise caliber quarterback for a second and a third round pick, and I know that the second is a conditional could end up becoming a first. That's still unbelievable to me. Even even if it turns into a first round pick, a one and a three, you don't have to give up, give up any other players. Um, I think Philly's taking the the hit this year financially. Um, so what are your thoughts? Just obviously we talked about this being the premier landing spot and so did everybody else because of Frank Wright. Uh but I specifically want to ask you, you know, talk about the fit in general, but what are your thoughts on the weapons? Because I saw people comparing like, you know, because Philly's had really a lackluster of weapons the last few years and then he goes to Indianapolis and people are like it's not like it got better for him so like what are your thoughts on just the overall move and then you know how do you think he's going to fare with with the weapons they have in Indy
1: I mean I think when you look at the weapons off the bat it's a subtle upgrade just because there was nothing in Philadelphia I mean I think the big key is we still don't know what's going on with um T.Y. Hilton right but now that you have Wentz you're probably going to re-sign T.Y. or Or at least you're going to sign one of the free agents in the upcoming draft, right? I think at the top of most people's list, you have Allen Robinson from Chicago or Kenny Galloway from Detroit, who now teams are saying one of those guys might be franchise tagged. But you already have T.Y. Hilton. You took Michael, uh, I think it's Michael Pittman, the receiver from USC um, in the second round last year. who's a physical guy. He still needs to develop, I think, in like more of the vertical passing game with his Long routes, but you have him, you have Jonathan Taylor, who I think is a more complete back than Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is a, probably a better third down back, right? He has better hands, he's better out of the back foot, a little bit more shifty. But when you think of a complete player, you have that running back from Wisconsin last year. But like we've talked about before, you build your team from the inside out, and the Colts' offensive line, in my mind, has probably been the best in football the last two or three years especially because they've been able to stay healthy. I mean, you look at your guys' line in Dallas. On paper, you could say personnel-wise it might be better, but there's been a problem with everyone staying healthy, right? Where you look at the situation in Indianapolis, they've stayed healthy. Like Quentin Nelson doesn't miss football games. And if you have a left guard like that he doesn't miss football games, puts you in a great situation. So you have a great offensive line, which is going to keep Carson up, and he's going to have time to throw the ball. And as we've seen with other quarterbacks, with Brady or different guys throughout the year, you don't always have to have the most weapons, but if you're in a system that you know, you're know you in control of, you know really well, and you have time to get rid of the ball, you're going to be put in a better situation. You also look at the defensive side of the ball, which doesn't help him directly, but indirectly, they're going to put that team in good situations where they're not always coming from behind. They're going to be in these football games. And so out of all the spots available, I think this was the best spot because – to me when you looked at the Colts last year and nothing changed this year they were a quarterback away from being a contender and they got Carson Wentz who what 3 or 4 years ago had Philadelphia in the driver's seat i realized he wasn't the starting quarterback for the Super Bowl but they don't go what 13 and 3 12 and 4 get the Super Bowl get to the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz that year in the regular season he's the reason they made it he might not be the sole reason they won it but he's the reason that Eagles team made the Super Bowl that last year who's on a really bad team last year, really bad team two years ago, still made the playoffs. The Colts are going to be dangerous this year for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think about like this year with the Colts and they had Phillip Rivers. And I think if you're a Colts fan or just a football fan in general, if you're looking at this situation, you can't you can't tell me that they didn't upgrade over Phillip Rivers and they were a playoff team this year. And they I thought they played Buffalo pretty strong and Buffalo went to the AFC Championship. So I think if you're looking at what's – Potential. What the potential is for Indy going into this season and what they could potentially accomplish. I think you have to say that there's there's a very realistic chance they make it to the AFC Championship. I think Carson's going to have an incredible season. Um, I know Ty Hilton's a little bit older. Michael Pittman's emerging. You have Jonathan Taylor. You have a great defense. You have a great offensive line. I mean, that to me, if if you're looking at building a team, I feel like Indy has built it right and they have the they have the personnel right now and they have the team constructed to win a Super Bowl. Um, and I think you've upgraded a quarterback. So to me, I go, why not put them in the conversation with the Chiefs in the AFC? And so I think it's going to be interesting to watch and especially if they can get another weapon on the outside, whether it be Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay. I think those are two guys that can make a difference for him. So, I mean, I'm excited for him. I'm happy that he was able to get out. Um you know because i think the situation was garbage and i think you know transitioning to to philly you know with jalen hurts what are your thoughts on that scenario do you think he's going to be the guy do you think they're confident in him cuz what I, from what i've read was that philly was not happy about the trade with carson but they essentially knew that it was inevitable and so i almost feel like now they're like okay we shot ourselves in the foot we basically put ourselves in this situation where we're having to trade our franchise quarterback. And now we're stuck with a guy that we really don't know what he's going to be. And so what are your thoughts on Philly situation? If you're Philly, do you draft a quarterback? Do you see if Jalen Hurts can potentially be a franchise guy? Uh, where do you stand on that whole matter?
1: The management in Philly is probably the worst I've seen in football from an organization that has been successful in the short term in the last five years. Oh, no doubt. You know, if you want to move on from Carson, I don't agree with it, but it's your decision. It's your franchise, right? But the way they handled the situation, they guaranteed they would get the least amount in return, right? So you have a franchise guy who got signed to the highest contract before, um, who was it? Mahomes, like three or four years ago, right? So at the time, Wentz's highest quarterback contract in the NFL history, most guaranteed in NFL history, all this stuff, face of the league, franchise quarterback, and, you know, he's not playing well, but then you make it not even like a competition between him and Jalen Hurts. You basically bench him for Jalen Hurts. You have him inactive for a whole bunch of games. And so you're letting teams know, hey, this isn't our guy, right? And so as soon as you let teams know you're moving on, automatically the price drops because teams know, hey, we want to get rid of this guy, right? We don't want to create this this issue in the locker room, right? And then when you get a new head coach, right, maybe you build some momentum because you're hiring a guy from Frank Rice's staff. He was, you know, he's a OC for Indianapolis. You're thinking, oh, this guy's going to fit Carson Wentz. And then in his press conference, he doesn't even say, hey, Carson's my guy. And so at least at that point, if you say, hey, Carson's my guy, you're still going to have a handful of teams call, probably Indianapolis. But now the Colts are thinking, oh, crap, we're going to really have to give something special to Carson Wentz. Maybe we're going to have to give two first. Um, you know, we saw what – the Lions, I mean, sorry, what the Rams were willing to give up for Stafford, right? And so, you know, you have a little bit more to play with. But when he comes out and says, hey, we have two really good quarterbacks there, you know, at that time, Carson Wentz isn't going to be the guy. And so you're shooting yourself in the foot for what you're going to get, right? Because the last thing you want to do is bring both of those guys to camp, especially if you feel like you're going to move on from Wentz. Because now I think when you look at, to answer your question, the Eagles situation whole, if I'm an Eagles, Coach, I'm not sold that Jalen Hurts is my guy because Jalen Hurts played at Alabama and he wasn't a D1 quarterback. They went to Tua, right? Who, a guy who some people were high on. I think they were two years ago. Not as much anymore, but still, you know, people were higher on Tua than Jalen. He goes to Oklahoma, which pretty much everybody who plays at Oklahoma throws for 5,000 yards and 3,500. Tu- sorry, 35 touchdowns. You, know, you run for 1,000 yards. It's kind of like quarterback you right now from a statistical side in college football, right? He goes there. If he goes to probably any school besides Oklahoma, he may not get drafted. Or when he gets drafted, you switch him from quarterback to wide out or running back or flex guys, like we saw from Braxton Miller, say at Ohio State three or five or six years ago, right? And so if I'm the Eagles, I'm probably drafting a quarterback this year because I'm not gonna get Trevor Lawrence, but there's a few other guys in the mix who, at least from I think a ceiling standpoint, have a way higher ceiling than Hertz. You know, Hertz can maybe be a game manager if you have the pieces around him. But then to your point earlier, you look at Philly's roster, and besides Zach Ertz, who now they're probably going to cut just to get rid of a salary for the twenty twenty two season, he has nothing around him. So you're going to tell me, um, Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts, if that's your offense? That team doesn't win more than three games. Like Philly legit is going to win three or four football games last year. And they were what? A eight win team two years ago, a 12 win team three years before that. The job this organization has done from a management standpoint, and as a team that starts from the top down, is absolutely horrific. They've destroyed a franchise in three years.
0: Uh, Man, great points. Like all from the top to the bottom there. Just because when I look at Philly's situation, I mean, I don't know if I've seen other than Houston, (laughs) Uh, such a, a mishandling of having a franchise quarterback, and you know, I, I think even using that to transition into kind of the next guy, which is Deshaun Watson. You know, I I've been hearing a lot of speculation about a lot of different teams, and so I don't really know what's real, what's not real, who's like putting together a serious package for him. I'm actually, honestly, really surprised at this point that there hasn't been a deal. I'm I'm actually surprised Carson went before him because. You know, you and I had talked, you know, privately about. I'd sent you something about a, a, I think, a beat writer for the Cleveland Browns, and he was saying that not only should the Browns not even like reach out to Houston to see, you know, what it would take to to acquire Deshaun Watson, but they shouldn't even think about it because they should be sold on Baker Mayfield as their franchise quarterback. And I just think that is so unbelievably ridiculous because. Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield are not even in the same stratosphere as far as talent's concerned. And if you're the Cleveland Browns, and if anybody knows football, you know that the NFL, the window for winning a Super Bowl is really, 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 really small. I think a lot of people saw this year with with the Chiefs, people believe the Chiefs were basically just going to run away, win the Super Bowl. Pat Pat Mahomes was going to be back-to-back Super Bowl champs, back-to-back Super Bowl MVP, and you run into the GOAT. And um, it's not to say that Mahomes won't win another Super Bowl. But at the same time, like I mentioned last pod, if you would have told anybody, you know, 10 years ago, when Rodgers won his one and only Super Bowl, that that would be the only ring he would have 10 years later and actually not even have another trip to the Super Bowl. A lot of people probably would have thought, man, that's that's a pretty gutsy like prediction because I don't think that that's possible. Like he's too talented. And so when I look at the Super Bowl window, I go, Cleveland's got a Super Bowl roster. Like I really believe that. I don't think Baker Mayfield is the guy to get them there, but I do think that Cleveland has a Super Bowl roster. I mean, if you have Deshaun Watson, you beat the Chiefs in the divisional round. You don't lose that game. Like he helps you get over the hump in that game. I mean, it was basically handed to you and and Baker couldn't close it. And I'm not putting it 100% on Baker Mayfield, but at the end of the day, like when you're a franchise guy, it's the, those are the moments that you acquire that guy. That's the those are the moments why you choose to trade up and trade for a franchise guy. Like those are the moments right there and Baker didn't come through. And so to think that there's somebody in Cleveland who is a, an extension of the franchise basically saying, "Hey, not only not only do you should you not reach out, but like don't even think about it. Like don't even have a thought about Sean Watson." And I'm like what in the world? Like go all in to get Deshaun Watson? Like you have a window of opportunity, not only from the standpoint of winning a Super Bowl, but these guys—guys guys like Deshaun Watson, who I think is a top five quarterback in the NFL right now—is available. Man, I think that's a that's a just a catastrophic mistake by the Cleveland Browns. What are your thoughts on Deshaun? Where he might be going, um, and what what would you be willing to give up for him?
1: No, I think that's a great point, man. I was looking at something, I think two or three days ago, and I was talking about the Super Bowl between the Colts and the, not the Colts, sorry, the uh, the Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. I think it was five years ago. And there's only one guy on the Panthers roster that was on that team five years ago, um, Shaq Thompson. And then if you look at the Broncos situation, the only person still on that roster, I believe, is Vaughn Miller, um, who's gone through some off the field issues this year and might not be on the team next year. And so like you said, like the NFL, things change quickly. It's not the NBA, right? Where normally if you have your guy, you know, you need two or three kind of key guys and they stay on your roster for, say, six or seven years if they want to sign a side max extension. In the NFL, besides a quarterback position and maybe a pass rusher or a left tackle, things change drastically. So your window to win is very, very small in the NFL. We're going to see it with the Chiefs. With You know, Mahomes is going to be there for a decade. Nobody else is going to be there after three or four years, right? And so if you have a chance to win... Like you mentioned, this Cleveland team is stacked. And I think what's been so fun for me to see over the last year is I feel like both Cleveland as well as LA has kind of shifted how we see trades in the NFL. Because three or four years ago, nobody traded. And then it almost seems like as soon as McVay got to LA, it was like, oh, let's get Jalen Ramsey. Let's get Patrick Peterson. Let's get Alex Ogletree. Let's get a keep to lead. Like They traded and traded for people, and then it got a little bit more popular. And I've loved to see the player movement because... No, it was all draft picks or capital draft picks are great, but you know, you have a 50% chance or maybe a what 60% chance you're going to miss on the draft pick. You don't know what the guy is. And so if you have a guy who's a sure thing, go all in. And Deshaun Watson is as close to a sure thing at the quarterback position as we see in the NFL from everything I've done my research on. It seems like there's two teams right now that are the most in play for Deshaun and it's the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. I kind of want to get your take on who you think would be a better fit. And I'm going to say basically what I've heard they'd have to give up to get him. So for Carolina, they're probably going to have to throw in Christian McCaffrey, right? Who's arguably one of the best running backs in the NFL. At the same time, he's a running back, right? And so you'd probably have to trade Christian McCaffrey. And they're saying anywhere from one to two, right? Two to three first round picks, but you still have. Robbie Anderson on the outside. You have DJ Moore. Maybe you re-sign Curtis Samuel. You know, Mike Davis did a really good job in the backup role this year. And there are guys like James White, say, from New England, who you could possibly sign as a free agent to be that third down back to kind of counteract losing Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, he's not the same talent, but he can kind of fill that gap from the passing game. When you look at Denver, supposedly the key player there is Bradley Chubb, who's their really young pass rusher. I think they took him top four three or four years ago and probably three first-round picks. But they have Jared Judy, Cortland Sutton, um, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler. They also have Noah Font. So a lot of weapons on both teams. Obviously, you have the Chiefs in your division. Um, and then with you know Carolina, you have the Falcons, the Saints, Tampa. Which situation do you think would be a better fit for Deshaun? And which team do you think he could make a contender quicker?
0: Well, I think both both situations and both scenarios are very intriguing. From the standpoint, if you look at Denver – Weapons person, player personnel-wise, they have far more than Carolina does. And especially if you're giving up Christian McCaffrey, which I have no problem doing, um, I love Denver's player personnel. Now, what I don't like about Denver is Pat trimmers their offensive coordinator and Vic Fangio their head coach. Um, it's been hard to obviously tell because I don't know really what Drew Locke is. I liked Drew Locke coming into the draft two years ago, and I thought the Broncos had potentially found their franchise quarterback. And it's, again, not, not necessarily – a guarantee that he's not or can't be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. Um, But I saw, you know, somewhat of a regression last year from his rookie year to this year. And so we'll have to see what happens there. But just specifically with Denver, I think looking at player personnel, I like what they have. I think Deshaun would have a ton of weapons at his, at his disposal. But when I look at Carolina, on the other hand, I love the fit because of the fact that Joe Brady is their OC and Matt Rule's their play caller head coach. And so I think personally, for talking about fit, because you can always acquire guys. Um, and I don't think either team is necessarily ready to be a contender, whether you add Deshaun Watson or not. And so I think if you're talking about fit and situation, Matt Rule signed what, like a six year uh, contract uh, with the Carolina Panthers to be their head coach. Not to say that that's a guarantee he'll be there all six years. But I think he did a really, really great job last year with really what they had at his, you know, what was available to him. I think he put guys in great positions to succeed. Robbie Anderson had like a really sneaky good year. Um, And, you know, I think to your point, I, of course, like Christian McCaffrey, because I think he's versatile. But man, I would never, ever think twice about not trading a running back. I don't care how good he is for a franchise quarterback, because at the end of the day, like Christian McCaffrey missed pretty much the whole year. So it's like, hopefully this is not a trend for him um uh, in his career. But again, this is kind of the risk you take with running backs as you don't even with a guy like Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara who are versatile guys who are essentially uh they're hybrids. But again, even if McCaffrey's healthy, I don't think that he's he can account for two wins. And a guy like Deshaun Watson can give you two to three wins. And so um I think both teams should go all in. I don't care what it takes. Um you know, I think we've talked about different scenarios where I've said, "Hey, like, like the Jets, um, you know, because you're like, hey, you you pretty much give up whatever you need to give up to get that guy." And I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, I just think certain teams, it's like, do you do you handicap or handcuff yourself long term to get the guy, um, and then you can't put anything around him because you've given up way too much. Um, but you know, again, like I said, I don't disagree because I think everybody needs a franchise quarterback, and if you have a chance to do it, like pull the trigger. Um, but I think with in Carolina's you know situation, giving up McCaffrey in three firsts, that's okay. Like I'm I'm, fi- I'm fine with the draft picks. Um, it's just depending on what you're giving up in addition to that. And so you know, with with Carolina or if it would be Denver, um, I think you got to do it. So. I, I like the fit in Carolina better just because from a coaching standpoint, I think he's going to have the best chance to succeed there. I think Matt Rule did a great job with Teddy Bridgewater. And if you get a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's just like a massive upgrade over Teddy, um, I think he'd have a great year.
1: No, I totally agree. I like the uh, the Carolina situation. I also like the contract situation as well. I think they shed $21 million in cap space. In the past what week and a half trying to make the move for Deshaun. But then also, if you throw Christian McCaffrey in the deal, he signed an extension last season, which goes into effect next year, and he's gonna be making about 50 million a year. So if you get rid of that contract and then you sign uh, Deshaun, you um you know, you're not gonna be as behind from a from a cap space standpoint because you're able to clear the McCaffrey contract. And I get to your point. He's amazing. He's an electric running back, but he's a running back. I think in the Super Bowl, they were saying, you know, both teams starting running backs were making less than like $2.5 right? And so, yes, it's great to have a good running back, but I think running back, as we've seen with a lot of teams like the Rams, right, this year with Cam Akers, I don't know how good Cam Akers is. He looks really talented, but a lot of that could be Sean McVay and the, and the system they run. You know, Todd Gurley looked like he was far and away the best running back in the NFL for two years, right? And then he wasn't as healthy and it was like, oh wait, who who's Todd Gurley? Right. And so yeah, McCaffrey's great, but it doesn't equate to wins I think as much at the NFL position. Real quick before before we end the podcast today.
0: Yeah, well, it's like Mike Davis rushed for a thousand yards last year with the Panthers. You know what I mean? So it's like again, not that Mike Davis is is on the same level as Christian McCaffrey, but it's like he he had great production. You know what I mean? Stepping in for Christian. So I, I don't know. I just I'm not. I'm not. You know how we feel about running backs. I'm not. I'm not super sold on giving a guy 80 million.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I mean, we've never seen a team. I mean, even like Dallas. Like, I understand at the time, like why you kept Zeke, but right now it would be nice, like, to not have. I mean, Tony. What is it? Tony Pollard or Palierd? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, Tony. Totally like, he looks
1: every time he like comes in and spouts. It's like Zeke will have a three yard carry, a three yard carry. You put in Tony, it's like 16 yards. It's like, oh crap, this guy's right. quick. <laughs> this guy's quick yeah. and physical. And so, yeah, I feel like the running back position. Although there is value there, um, it's probably one of the least valuable positions I think from a payment standpoint. Sam Darnold. So I feel like people like like Sam Darnold more than Carson Wentz. There's reports now that the Jets feel like they're going to get a it's higher ridiculous. package for Sam Darnold than Carson Wentz, which to me like it just doesn't make any sense. Like Wentz had one bad year. Sam Darnold hasn't ever put together like I don't think three good games in the NFL. Like he's had a few <laughs> good games like back three years ago when the Dolphins were bad, but. I don't get the hype on him, but it seems like he's probably going to get moved. Um, I think, to me, the Jets, what they do at two is going to kind of set the NFL draft for every other team. Do they go tackle? Do they go quarterback? Do they go wide receiver at two? Which would be absolutely shocking. Do you think San Darnold is in New York next year? And if not, who do you think are maybe the two or three teams that may make a, make a run for him?
0: No, from what I've heard, they're pretty high on Zach Wilson, and I think that's what they're going to do. And um, especially if they can get a good haul for Darnold, so it's like they're not they're not having to trade up to draft a quarterback and then get rid of Darnold. So it, essentially, at that stage, would be a wash because you know you're giving you're giving up Darnold to get to acquire a draft pick or draft picks, and then you would have to then use that compensation to move up to get the guy you wanted potentially. But you're sitting at number two. I think you know I, we that talked about this, <laughs> the fact that they're not drafting number one is really a tragedy for their fan base. Cause they could have gotten Trevor Lawrence, but whatever they decided to win games at the end there. And, uh, but it would have been great to be able to get a guy like Trevor Lawrence and then trade Darnold and get what you could for him. But I think they ultimately end up trading uh, Darnold. I, I think they draft Zach Wilson. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who is, whos going to be willing to trade for Donald and what they're willing to give up because I don't think he's worth their I definitely like the second and third that Philly got for Wentz like I feel like that'd be a win <laughs> if the Jets got that for Donald like I don't if anybody gives up a one for Donald there they should be fired from their GM position so um but no I don't think he's a Jet next year
1: I agree because the crazy thing too is like the Jets, um, the draft capital that they're going to get in return is way better because the Jets aren't going to be a good football team. So it's like if you get a third from the Colts next year, it's going to be like a late 80s, 90 pick because right. the Colts are going to be a really good football team. Like I don't get in any scenario how the Colts are worse next year than they were this year. Even if Carson Wentz is an MVP Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz has so much arm talent and his athletic ability and his ability to extend plays. It's just that I mentioned that <laughs> – I don't think Philip Rivers ever had and definitely not in what year 17 or 18. And so they're going to be a good football team. You're going to have, you know, Jonathan Taylor as a second year in that system. Normally that's when we see running backs really kind of like hit their kind of like peak is like that two to five year window after they get drafted. So they're going to be solved. The defense is only going to get better and they still have a lot of capital capital in this draft. So it's going to be super exciting.
0: Absolutely. And uh, that's going to wrap things up for episode 69 of the DNC podcast. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe to the pod, share with your friends, family. Appreciate the support, and I uh, will see you guys soon.